Welcome back to your home inspector training. I am Garth Haslam, the home medic. Subject today is mold. You know, I've uh, mentioned on a thousand different occasions that as a home inspector, you are expected to know everything about every subject, and mold is certainly on the top of that list. As the home inspector, in addition to the uh, other issues like electrical, structural, roof, insulation, ventilation, etc., high on the list are items like meth and mold that you are going to have to be comfortable with. So we're going to get you um, well on your way towards um, being solid in your background on mold. Of course, as always, this is basic training. We're going to get you to kindergarten level, and you're going to need to do a little bit more on your own. Go ahead and start with the uh, kinds of mold, and then we're going to go about, uh, uh, in this podcast, we're also going to cover the medical uh, issues associated with mold, what it does and does not do. We're going to talk about where it grows. We're going to talk about the difference between mold and mold history, uh, about what, uh, how to respond when somebody says that I want no mold in my house. We're going to talk about its causes and what to look for as far as uh, whether a home may have mold or wh whether it may have mold in the future, depending on what you see. We're going to talk about remediation methods, not to turn you into a remediator, but to just let you know how they do it so that you can answer those kinds of questions when your client asks them of you. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what remediation is not as well, and then we're going to give you some very basic training on the uh, routine and the how-tos for how to sample mold in a house. Uh, and some what to do's, what some what not to do's, and as always, um, give you some background on what uh, how to avoid losing your your life or your career as you uh, as you do all of the above. So let's start with uh, the kinds of mold that there that there are out there. Uh, bottom line is there's there are more kinds of mold than I think uh, you or I or anybody else could name. There are a few of them that are more interesting than others. We're going to hit a few of them, of course, not all of them. To me, it doesn't really matter that you can identify a particular type of mold. To me, the bottom line is if there uh, exists the set of conditions where mold can grow, you will have mold. And it doesn't really matter whether it's Aspergillus or Stachybotrys or Penicillium or any one of a thousand others. Um, if you have the sorts of conditions where mold can grow, you have mold. You have all of them. Uh, that's a very safe assumption. To me, there, if you can see that there's an active mold colony, there is no use having uh, the test taken unless you want to physically document something that perhaps somebody out of state can't see. Um, to me, if you see mold, there's mold, and, and you don't need to, if, if, if you have that sort of condition, you don't necessarily need to uh, ask the seller, the buyer, to take care of that. You don't, you don't, to me, you don't actually need to ask the buyer to pay for a mold test if you already know there's mold. To me, that's just not a good decision. So, um, let's start with aspergillus. It's, it's often found indoors, uh, been known to, of course, cause problems with the lung and breathing and uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Let's start over. It's been known to cause problems with the respiratory system. Uh, then you've got Stachybotrys, also known as Stach or Stachybotrys charterum. That is what is commonly referred to as the toxic mold or the black mold. Um, the irony there is that molds don't take colors based on their species. If so, uh, there would be a requirement for a million different uh, mold colors. Again, though, the bottom line, if you see mold, Stachybotrys will be a part of it. So I've heard realtors on a thousand occasions say, well, if it's black mold, then you got a problem. And, you know, again, to me, that's... As crazy as saying, well, if you've got sprinkles in the spray-on ceiling texture, then that means it's asbestos. 
those are people who don't know that are telling other people who don't know, and then it becomes generally accepted falseness. Um, so avoid using the word words like toxic mold. Um, you there, there's not a lot of value in. I guess to call it toxic mold, you'd have to know what toxic means. And that, again, that just doesn't make any sense to me, and it turns you into something that you're not. Unless you happen to be a, maybe a certified health professional, and you can define what toxicity is, uh, you know, that's up, up to you at that point. The, uh, the third one would be penicillium. Now, that's going to be a blue or green mold. Again, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter. Mold is mold. If you have mold, the first thing that you're going to want to help the client with is identify, you know, why they have mold and eliminate that root cause. Let's go after the, the medical issues that mold can cause. Uh, primarily, it's a lung issues thing. It's going to cause allergies. Now, let me give you some background because stories are a lot more interesting than, uh, than just uh, random loose facts. So... Let me give you a, a personal story of, of what mold can do to a person, especially somebody who's a little bit younger or older. As the inspector, of course, I have a billion of these stories. Can't tell them all to you. But in this case, um, my dad, he was about 80 at the time, and he was struggling to survive. He had... He was in an older home built in about 1960, and he'd been living there for quite some time. His lungs were affected by the 30 years that he had um, worked in a smoke-filled room at a, uh, at a steel factory. So his lungs were trash, and he was trying his best to stay alive long enough to outlive my mom, who was also suffering. And... Uh, we could obviously see that uh, even when he was doing nothing at all, sometimes he was having trouble breathing and he'd have to use these inhalers and sometimes he'd have to get in from outside where, where he wasn't near his inhaler. And basically he'd be doing the equivalent of holding his breath on the way in, uh, trying to not faint before he could get to his inhaler. It was that kind of bad. Um, he had a swamp cooler, and as part of uh, that, the swamper was bringing in a number of molds from the outside. Recognizing that he had um, the lung issues and that swamp coolers bring in molds, among other allergens, I decided to do him a favor, and we all chipped in and bought him a central air unit. Uh, Ten years later, now he is 91. He can breathe anywhere. He's good inside or outside. His, uh, his lungs are uh, not going to be what finishes him, uh, but at the moment, he's going strong. Uh, was it just the elimination of the swamp cooler and the molds associated with it? I don't know, but uh, that's one of the things that I suspect has uh, turned his health around. So the at-risk people are the old and the young. They're the sick ones and ones with uh, big diseases like cancer, Etc. If you take somebody who's already got those uh, those big problems associated with uh, with their body, and then you add something like mold, uh, it can be the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, when I got started uh, doing presentations on mold, I was uh, training realtors, and um, so I went to a couple of health departments, and I uh, just thought I'd get their take on things. And I, I live in one county. I have another county that's fairly large, and I uh, went to both of them, and I, I figured I'd get the goods on, uh, on mold. At the time, I went to one, and they basically says, well, we think uh, mold is an overhyped issue. And I thought, well, that's an interesting response. So I went to the other one, and I said, okay, give me your best story. And their story wasn't that good, basically. Uh, what they said is that they were called out on a mold inspection where an old man had uh, moved into a house and his crawl space was full of mold and as a result of uh, trying to live in that house he had to up his medications and I thought you guys' stories are no good how am I going to train realtors on this when I've got such weak stories then I went to the CDC and the EPA and um, their stuff wasn't what their stuff wasn't matching what I had been reading in the newspaper headlines either 
Uh, EPA, for example, said something like it may contribute to uh, blah, blah, blah. I was expecting to see something like, well, mold can kill you, because those are the headlines that I had been seeing. Uh, the, the reality is that I have better stories and proof that mold can be a problem than all of the above. Um, there was one home I did where a uh, family moved in. There was a wet wall. Kid moved into the house. He had some lung issues. And uh, the, the wall was wet enough and there was mold enough that they had to move back out of the house. They could not be there. And so I was called in at that point in time to figure out why this kid was having such issues and it turned out that, uh, that it was mold. So I'm not here to tell you that mold is not a problem. I know that me personally, it affects me. Uh, sometimes when I go into a room that is moldy, uh, I will tighten up very quickly. And certainly nobody wants to live in a place where they're uh, always sneezing and they're always tight and uh, the nose is always running. You know, that is not adequate living. So um, I guess the, 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 the message that I would give you is that um, it, while mold may not be the health hazard that the newspaper headlines might be indicating, um, it is certainly an issue. Again, you're going to want to do your own homework. If you go to uh, mold training, uh, they will tell you something different, and you'll have to just rely on your own judgment as to where you lie on the subject. My goal is not to uh, have you follow along with uh, necessarily what my opinions and beliefs are. I do want to give you some background so that you know enough to be able to form an opinion that makes sense to you. Another one of the stories that I have is that uh, I was called by one of the brokers that I did home inspections for. He says, I've got a couple of rentals, and one of them, the, the renter says that she's sure she's got mold in there. And so I said, sure, I'll, I'll help you out. We'll do some mold testing. Walked into the space, and everything was clean. I didn't see any mold. I didn't see any. She was actually in a basement apartment. Uh, walked into that space and uh, was looking for signs of uh, water entry along the base of the wall, under the windows, under, you know, the uh, the, the other sources of water, the hose bib, the the plumbing, etc. Didn't see anything. So I turned to the renter and I says, "How do you know you've got mold?" She says, "Well, my face tingles." And then, without laughing at her. I tried to respectfully explain that mold is something that's going to affect your lungs and your breathing system. Uh, it might bother your nose, but it is not going to make your face tingle. And uh, I think she needed a psychiatrist more than she needed a mold remediation. I didn't tell her that, but sometimes you do have to have your poker face on so that you can explain away what people believe that is very much not true. I heard another home inspector who... Um, let's just say that uh, I don't have a lot of respect for him. He told me directly that mold, a, a mold spore, landed on his sister's nose and ate her face away. Um, to me, this guy is either an idiot or a blatant liar, and uh, you know maybe perhaps both. But uh, mold is something that is going to to. It, it's not the same thing as a flesh-eating bacteria. Mold is mold. Flesh-eating bacteria is a flesh-eating bacteria. They are very different. Um, places. Let's go to places where it grows. Um, and this, this might be a good explanation. So let's say that a person wants to have zero mold in their house. Uh, what that means is they're going to have to get rid of anything where mold could grow. That might be carpet or pad. It might be sheetrock. It might be any of the house plants that they have in there. It, uh, it could be pretty much anything in the house, uh, the walls, the studs, the, the roofing. Uh, what I'm getting at is that it is impossible for a person to wish to have zero mold. Every time a door opens or a window, uh, mold spores are going to come and go. And 
it is not the goal is not to have the same or to have zero mold the goal is to have what's called a background level of mold meaning the same amount of mold that's outside uh, to give you a little bit more flavor, um, mold is what turns grass clippings back into soil so that some more grass can grow. Mold is what uh, is what is going to decompose trees or anything else that's organic, um, meaning something that used to be natural and living. Uh, mold is what decomposes it and turns that back into soil. So mold is part of nature. It's been around forever and uh, you can't get rid of it. It is uh, possible to get mold levels down to a very small amount if you're uh, going to have a clean room. Of course, nobody that, that uh, is living in a residential-type environment can afford to do a clean room. Um, so the bottom line is if you're expecting to have zero mold, you know, that's, that's not a reasonable expectation. Mold can grow on cheese. We all know that. Mold can grow on food can grow on wood or sheetrock or carpet. Now, it, you have also seen uh, mildew in showers, and uh, we need to be clear as home inspectors that there is a very clear difference between mildew and mold. Um, the way I will help a person understand is that mold will grow on anything that is or used to be wood. So, for example, paper used to be wood, it can mold. Um, if you're talking directly about um, concrete, I've seen people say that there's mold on concrete. Usually that's, that's a mildew or something else because there's no food source for the kinds of mold that we're concerned about. That would be, again, the aspergillus, the stachybotrys, penicillium, etc. So while, uh, let's say that you walk into a home and you see this big old block of cheese and it's, it's one inch thick with cheese mold. That is not the kind of mold that we're concerned about. Same thing if it was food. Um, now, if you've, uh, if you've got a soaked house and maybe uh, 12 inches of water in the basement, and maybe we've, uh, we've got carpet down there, you bet you've got mold. And at that point in time, again, to me, and this is just my style, but if we've got that carpet that is soaked and it's been soaked for any amount of time, there is mold there. There's no use testing for mold because we know it's there. Um, there may be some ex exceptions to that because maybe you actually need to provide physical documentation to somebody. But uh, if the only person who needs to know whether that's mold is the client, just tell them it's mold. And you know, rather than spend money on that, let's spend the money on the remediation and the and the fix. Okay, uh, there is also, and this is going to be something you're going to want to be clear on, there's a difference between mold and a mold history. So, for example, let's say that uh, maybe somebody had a broken plumbing line, maybe underneath the toilet. Maybe the valve that provides water to the toilet uh, leaked two years ago. And it leaked for, let's say, one week. And then somebody identified the ponding water and they fixed the valve, and maybe they had it professionally fixed. So for one week in time, two years ago, we had what was certainly an, a very active mold colony, uh, probably millions of spores that were growing and uh, reproducing and living life well and appreciating all of the water that was being contributed to them there on the subfloor next to the toilet. So they're growing and uh, life is good. And then at that point, somebody cleans up the water. They remove or they fix the valve and things start to dry out. Mold is a living organism, kind of like mice and grasshoppers and you and me. It requires food to live and food for mold is wet wood. So to the extent, and this is, this is more true in dry areas, um, but to the extent that the food source, meaning wet wood, can be removed, uh, the mold is going to die off. It's, um, what you're going to have is a mold history as opposed to a mold colony. Differences are quite extreme. A mold colony is going to grow. It's going to reproduce. It's going to send off millions of little baby mold spores all over the place into the air where it's getting into lungs. Mold history is just that. You've got a bunch of carcasses. Uh, there in the house and 
um, those carcasses are not going to be released into the air. They're not going to be pushed into the air by, you know, by mold spores because they're not alive. They're basically the equivalent of dust. And while there are people who are still allergic to mold carcasses, if you will, mold parts, uh, it's much less of an issue than an active mold colony. So as the inspector, you need to be able to make that information clear. Uh, maybe somebody discloses that they had a water history, maybe from a leaking roof 20 years ago. I have had on any number of occasions, clients ask me if that's an active safety issue, and I have to explain again the difference between an active mold colony and a mold history. Uh, same thing where, where somebody says, I want zero mold. So uh, causes of mold, and this is where you really can shine. Uh, yes, you're looking for mold, and yes, you want to protect your clients from any mold that might be there. But more important, let's protect them from the mold that might be there next week or next year or five years from now. So we're going to help them find uh, a certain set of things. Those are going to be water that uh, that happens that's going to be routine. Now, one of the examples that I use, uh, we all have seen homes and other business and businesses uh, being in the process of being built. You'll see a framed home where basically you've got just the uh, studs, maybe the subfloor is there, but that's it. And then what happens is uh, it'll rain or it'll snow and and you've got uh, maybe a two or three inch uh, snow pile there on top of the subfloor. Is that area going to get moldy? Yeah, the, the mold is going to start, but it's going to quickly die off. And the reason for that is because uh, that subfloor isn't going to be wet for, for very long. And at some point where it does die off, um, you know, if it hasn't been wet for weeks, then the structural strength of the of the subfloor and the, and the structure as it is is uh, is fine. No need for remediation. We've all seen that. Doesn't raise any eyebrows. Uh, at the same time, you get people who are home inspection clients who will you know if water touches uh, maybe a hardwood floor or whatever. Uh, these guys are are ready to panic, and they're going to be asking you if there should be a mold remediation. So what I let them know is that the water has to be there for some period of time, uh, you know, at least days, because, you know, the mold, store, the mold spore is going to land there. It's going to find the sort of conditions that it needs, wet wood. It's going to grow. It's going to reproduce. The reproduced children, if you will, are going to uh, try and reproduce again. And so this is going to take a certain amount of time for these... Uh, for this one mold spore to turn into a few million more mold spores where it can cause health and safety effects. Just makes sense. Uh, so what you're looking for then is going to be leaks or potential leaks. Um, maybe those potential leaks might be a kinked line. Maybe it's polybutylene plumbing. Uh, we talk about that in another, another segment. Maybe you've got sprinklers that are hitting the house Maybe those sprinklers are actually spraying a window, and the window may be old aluminum, or maybe the seal isn't very good, or maybe the weep holes are plugged. Uh, any one of those sorts of issues uh, where you can have water get in. One home that I saw was actually uh, a gorgeous home. It was in a gated community, and this was probably, I'm going to say, 15 years ago, but it was an $800,000 home back then very nice home. What they had failed to do in this gorgeous home was to uh, force the, the roof water away from the foundation. So what happened is the, um, the roof captured all this water, runs into the rain gutter, runs into the downspout. The downspout runs water uh, right next to the foundation or right next to the window well we had a basement in this home and the water goes into the window well and then in the basement and then you've got four inches of water all the way across the bottom of the basement uh, not cool and of course we've got mold hist or mold colonies very active ones going all the way up the walls where the water is being wicked up the walls uh, you see those sorts of things uh, drainage issues are 
by far the most common source of problems in home inspections generally, but uh, you bet they can cause uh, flooding and mold issues, etc. As the home inspector, that will be one of your key responsibilities is to identify uh, that sort of thing. If you've got if you've got drainage issues that could result in water into the basement, you're going to want want to look at window frames and roof leaks. Uh, I have actually seen where uh, water looked like it was coming from the roof, but it turned out it was not because of a roof leak. It was because you've got critters up above in the attic, and they're urinating, peeing. Uh, they're on the ceiling, and in one case, there was enough urine to support a termite colony. And so in addition to having the... Um, the critters in the attic and the termites there, you've also, you know, you've got mold going there. And um, so the fix, uh, the mold remediation comes second after the source happens uh, or the source is eliminated. In that particular case, it was the critters in the attic. Okay. Um, there have been any number of properties that I have seen where we had drainage issues, there, where we actually had mushrooms growing in the carpet. This is an indication there's been long-term slow water entry into the property. In some cases, it happened because you had sprinklers spraying the house. In others, it's because you had a an improper drainage slope that was forcing water towards the foundation rather than away from. All of the above, those need to be addressed. One other story that I have that's uh, that's kind of compelling. I did an inspection on a home where the original home was built in about 1945. And as is common for the older homes, they will come in and uh, add more space as, as times go, go by. So in about 1970, they added an addition on the backside. That addition had a flat roof. So I was doing my inspection, and um, usually I'll start on the outside and then work my way in. On this case, in this case, I think it, we had uh, maybe a storm I was trying to wait out. So I actually did the inside first, and then at the end of the inspection, I did the exterior. As I uh, I noticed as I was as I was doing this, the this addition was in the final stages of being remediated. Now, the the floor was out, the sheetrock was out, there was a big old fan in there that was blowing things around, circulating the air, trying to get the last of the humidity away. And I thought, okay, well, you know, it is what it is, and I'll just report that this is a room being remediated. I'm sure everybody knows that. Uh, so I documented all that, and... Uh, then at the end of the inspection, I went up and I took a look at the roof. For the main part, you just had a standard pitched roof with an asphalt shingle. No surprises there. The addition was a flat roof, only it wasn't flat. It was actually bowl-shaped, and it was probably holding 100 gallons of water. Um, so what I wrote in is that somebody had thought that they had uh, done a remediation, but the reality is that uh, even though somebody's already spent, I don't know, $10,000 on a remediation, they had fixed absolutely nothing because as soon as those guys fixed up the sheetrock and left, they were going to have another mold event. And the real fix for this, uh, this mold started with eliminating the root cause which in this case was a bowl-shaped flat roof. Uh, to me, the key in being a good home inspector, especially as relates to mold, is not to identify problems, but to identify and help
than you will ever want to, to hear about. But be very careful about those sorts of things. Protect yourself. Make sure that
So for that, uh, in my area, there's actually what's called mold dogs uh, that can help.